Dad Pod. What is the video for the world? Whatever name. Podcast. A midlife crisis. Howdy, Daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. And you're very welcome along to uh, episode 12, we believe this might be. We're not sure because, you know, we can't actually count anymore because our brains are so addled by a lack of sleep. You're welcome along to the Dadcast. All the dads are here. Dave McIntyre. Hello. Adrian Barry. Hello. Nathan Murphy. How are you? I'm going to start with Dave this week, though, because um, <laughs> we, we hadn't planned to talk about hospital visits, but I think we might get a full episode out of this one. <laughs> uh, how are you, Dave? Great now. Yeah. Well, so it wasn't, I wasn't really the... Uh, I'm not at the centre of this story. Well, except you are. When something happens to your child, you like we know that. Hey, I, I abdicated responsibility straight away. It's bad parenting, oh. Dave. That calls this. <laughs> that is true. Not keeping an eye on your child does that necessarily constitute bad parenting? Mm-hmm. Leaving your child to his own devices for four hours. To social services. Tell <laughs> <laughs> so that to the judge. Yeah, we keep making these social services jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Increasingly nervous. Yeah, uh, laughing like, nervously. Ah. Yeah, I hope no one. And one of them accidentally likes the <clears throat> podcast and when it's been broadcast. Yeah. Tell me. Um, last Friday afternoon, about half four, we are in Nikki's parents' house. I am there, so there's I, I absolutely no responsibility on the grandparents. When the WhatsApps are coming through, I was like, was it your mum and dad or was it Nikki's mum and dad? Is yeah. it like <laughs> there's a, they bear absolutely no responsibility. I was on the premises. I was supposed to be looking after the kids. What were you doing, Dave? I just talking. Just a bit of telly. I was in the kitchen. The little guy... Now, just gone to, he was in a TV room, and then we just heard a bit of a thump. And then you can, you learn very quickly, as, as Daz listening to this podcast will attest to, the, you can decipher the serious cry from the slightly mm. less serious cry. Yeah, are they putting it on? If they are, it's Have they fine. just got a bang? They'll be all right. This was on the more Blood extreme range. Whoa! And uh, so normally, like, if, if his nana runs in and kind of picks him up, he'd be like, no problem, I'll jump into nana's arms. Just ran, ran straight past her, making a beeline for me. And uh, I picked him up. He looked fine, felt his head, like there was no bumps or anything. There was no cuts on, anywhere in his forehead, which there usually are. He's been opened up several times, this kid. Um, everyone has, if they have more than one kid, one is like, basically going to be pretty slow in their old age because they've had concussions so many times before their fifth birthday. He's that kid. Subcutaneous. My brother was that kid in our house. And uh, I turn around, basically, and his nana, I just see the colour drain from his nana's face. I'm like, what's wrong? She says, there's a lot of blood around the back of his head. So I turn around, and he has severed his earlobe in two. So, um, it was so you did what all good parents do. Stop there for a minute and I take a quick picture. Thank God, I'm going to love this. <laughs> this is going to fly online. Um, that pic was taken in A&E in Temple Street about an hour later after the blood had stopped pumping. Um, so it's about a centimetre and a half. It's gone right up through the side, right up. Right, there's no um, there's no tissue left. It's actually you could pull the two parts, two really pieces like, apart. It looks like he's like a teenager who's been in the fight and had the earring pulled out. Yeah, oh, yeah that like, exact same type of injury, the kind of injury you'd regularly see in a rugby pitch, yeah. usually involving a front row forward or something that's been rucked out of it. Stood. So uh, I was horrified, obviously, when I saw it. So we got to Amy about twenty minutes later, and he was great. Once I gave him a bottle, like these such a hardy old devils. Like I would have been. Crying for so hours. what you put him in you put him into the car and just the two of you went yeah I just said 
So the other... Am I Can I ask, uh, at what stage do you inform your wife of... I rang her on the way. Okay. And we said we've had a bit of a... Adam's had a fall, which is a line we use regularly. <laughs> <laughs> and that conversation was that. Adam said had a fall, I was out of the room. I thought your mother was looking after him. <laughs> or, <laughs> like how quickly do you throw your in-laws under no, the bus? There are no fingers being pointed because, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. My wife knows it could easily have been her. And um, he's a faller. What actually see. happened? This is we 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 aren't we, there's I, we have no CCTV footage. Right. But he either jumped from the couch to the coffee table or from the coffee, coffee table to the couch and came down in between. And there was a little uh, toy car on the ground. The He's after severing his ear off Oof. the the edge, this the the bonnet or the spoiler of right. his little sports car. Oof. And uh, so we go in. I'm there about twenty minutes later. Like incredibly busy in there, as any parent who's been in there will know. But really an unbelievable service. And the problem is that he was not crying. The blood had stopped. So you're not going to get seen very quickly. Like, there are more serious cases that will jump the queue ahead of you. So we got in, we were in triage about maybe after about 45 minutes, we saw a doctor. He said, yeah, look, um, we're going to have to get a proper uh, analysis of this situation. That didn't happen for another four hours. Oh, no. And in the meantime, you're in and out. He's in and out to get his blood pressure taken just to make sure he's not uh, suffering any concussive symptoms. So then we get into the doctor at about nine, half nine, and she takes a look at it. And when you see the doctor kind of grimacing, you're like, fuck, this, like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof, I've never seen one of those before. <laughs> the worst part of it Whoa. was the plaster that had been, chunky plaster that had been put on the ear when we went in to triage, then has to be pulled off. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, his split ear is being pulled apart again. Oh. And, of course, he is absolutely losing his life. Yeah. Like, I had to rest restrain him, like, oh. head, arms, everything, just so that we could get the plaster off without his ear actually oh. coming off Evander Holyfield style. Shit. Um, God love him, like, Jesus, there, he's, he was brave. And then... Uh, were you brave or were you crazy? <clears throat> no, I was like, I can't believe... He's gone, Daddy, Daddy, oh, stop no. it, stop oh, it! Oh, no! I'm so sorry, buddy, I can't stop this. <laughs> so, once she cleaned all the blood away, she was like, this is beyond my powers of expertise. You need to no. see... No! <laughs> <laughs> Just fix it! She said, you need to see a plastic surgeon. So, um, she, she, like, the doctor was like, I could stitch this for him now. But we have, like, experts in this field okay. that I think you'd be far wiser seeing. So When? Tomorrow morning. Okay. <laughs> so we've been there from half four to half nine, only to be told, there's nothing we really can do for you. You're going to have to come back in the morning. So Can they at least inject a little bit of local anaesthetic or something to take the pain away? No, like, he wasn't, it wasn't, like, there's not an awful lot of nerve, there's no yeah. nerve tissue right. in here. Yeah, yeah, <clears> it's just flesh. So, um, like, it literally was just a flesh wound. Okay. So, um... I mean, and a giant no, flesh wound, but... Yeah, a bad one. Yeah. There was no major blood vessels either, no. so the blood, blood bleeding had stopped. Um, it was seeping through the plaster, but it wasn't like he was going to pass out from blood loss. He slept amazingly. Like, not a bother. shock. Maybe. Mm. And then the next morning, we were in there at 9, and we were out at 9.20. Wow. And we went in, here to see the plastic surgeon. He said, t he took one look, he said, the first thing I can tell you is that this looks far more horrific than it actually is. Okay, so, great. Great. Said, Why would you hear yesterday? <laughs> All these other assholes were telling me this is, ooh, God, I've not seen an engine like that before. And so he said, what we're going to do is give it a clean. Unfortunately, we have to pull this plaster off, which again led to absolute conniptions. Oh. Plaster was off, cleaned up, paper stitches, big plaster put back on it. He said the plaster and the stitches will fall off after about 10 days. Um, I was like, so you're telling me like a gaping wound will knit together that quickly? He said, no problem. 
home by half nine. Right. So what did he actually do? Just cleaned it and stitched it. Stuck it together with paper stitches. Okay, so glue. Yeah. Basically. Not well, the paper. Right. Like you would get on a like a. Yeah. We've closed his cuts ourselves. He's an, he had an awful gouge on his forehead that we were like, I just don't want to have to go into Amy and sit there five hours. Yeah. Let's go to the chemist. Like, look, if he has a scar on his head for the rest of his life, yeah. as long as we're not in there overnight, yeah. that's the method. As JP would say, scars are, you know, they're character forming. Yeah, uh, and they tell, tell, scars tell their own stories. Emotional scars. Which anyway, the upshot of it is he'll have a little scar in his ear for, his, for the rest of his life, but it, the scar won't get any bigger as his ear gets bigger. You might not so. want to get his ear pierced now. That's another bonus. Exactly. So he may tell you. I might want time. to get it actually pierced because then at least it might sort of cover up the giant scar that you've left him with. Look, it was his fault. He should have been looking where he was going. <laughs> Did you sue the makers of the little car he fell on? <laughs> or your in laws? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean look for anyone other than myself to blame? Yeah. Look, I, uh, I'm not. I'm not taking any blame for this, but I wouldn't assign blame to anybody else because he's too. Just he an throws himself day. around the place. Yeah. Um, in the latest development involving this kid is that uh, yesterday morning. I was lying in bed, my wife had gone to the gym, and he was crying. It was 6.15. And I was like, this, I'm not getting up at 6.15. He's fine, can't go anywhere, leave him be. Is Ten he? minutes later. And I know our producer's giving out for me, hit the table. <laughs> there was a reason for it. The telltale thump of a child that has escaped from his cot. <laughs> <laughs> Head first going, or feet oh first? Oh my god, I don't know, I wasn't there. <laughs> oh shit. So we're on out to the landing. This he, is officially bad parenting. <laughs> he's standing on the landing going, Morning, Daddy. <laughs> what? I'm like, How are you here? How did you get out of your cot? Like, this has never happened with the pr previous kid. Um, he was in a bed before he started to climb out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, that's a game changer. Like, what do you do now? How old is he? He's just gone too. Have you a gate on the door? Of the room? No, but the that's not the problem. The problem is, like, it's a four-foot drop, five-foot drop. Then you just got to take, oh, the, yeah, no, take the side off now. And it's like, well, you presume yeah. that he's not also, his technique is not amazing at this stage. I'm assuming he just manages to Fall. leverage enough of his weight over the edge of it. Ah, it would be fine. What are those? No, I don't think so. If you, There are loads of videos on YouTube of kids climbing from their cots. And what they do is they pull themselves up with this, you know, ridiculously adult-like arm strength. Yeah. And then, and then they swing them themselves over the top. Yeah. So they land on their feet. Either like. on their feet or their bum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was no bump anywhere. He wasn't even crying. He was like, nice. morning. So, uh, <laughs> like, he clearly has, you know, agility that his father never had. But it was a scary <laughs> moment. You hear that bang. <laughs> but now the gloves are off now because you have to figure out, well, is it now time to move him into the room with his brother? Do we take the gate off, hit the, his brother's room? It just happens to be there because I couldn't have been arsed taking it off. And do we then... Um, Attach it to this guy's mm. room. All those questions have yet to be answered. We're just we're having the same sort of conversation with a. Uh, there's a couple of months between your fellow and my fellow, I think, and uh, he's definitely leveraging that way in terms of like we're expecting that same thud yeah. some morning. Uh, so whether we should just lash him into a bed at some point or another, I don't know. That's fine. As you say, no child ever gets injured from falling out the cot. It's character building. They need to learn this. Mm. Durability, I'm definitely two minds because, like, once it starts to happen, it's going to happen. But uh, you can give it a couple of weeks of it happening, and then you move them into the bed. <laughs> Keep them trapped for as long as possible. Yeah, trapped is good. The, trapped like, is good. Yeah. It's all the stages of stuff that you don't fully appreciate until they've stopped doing it. Like the trappedness of them is uh, so bloody good. Uh, like they can't good. now come out and happy time. Yeah. sort of test the durability of my pressure. Uh, stairs gate, whether at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Uh, no, I shouldn't have. You just need to uh, weigh it up, though. So. He may have learned his lesson from jumping out and landing flat in his ass and gone, no actually, that's not worth it. I don't think so. 
or he may have seen Daddy running out at half six going, well, that was great. I got him up yeah. out of bed. Job done. <laughs> noted, noted or he parent. may just keep doing it for next week and then you're as well to just get rid of the sides anyways because what's the point? Noted parent JP says, just put a lid on the cot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> noted parent. Coffin, basically. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, you know, with like bars. A coffin bars, with see-through yeah. bars. Pr- prison. Um, you guys obviously have kids who are, your two girls are close enough in age and your two older boys are close enough in age. So you had that discussion as to when they mo- were moved into the room together. How did that affect separate bedtimes, well, it's mad. bedtime it's mad. stories, so all that? Uh, there's, uh, there's actually a gap uh, between our, our first two, which is bigger than the gap between the second and the second two, are basically Irish twins, okay. the, the second and third ones. Um, but uh, first child, amazing sleeper, Eventually, once we did the whole cry out thing, after that, slept always through the night and still sleeps through any maelstrom, no matter what's going on. Um, second child, horrific sleeper for ages and ages and ages and ages, until we moved her into the bedroom with her sister, at which point she's like, okay, that's all I wanted. Happy now. Right. Sleeps the whole way through. But did they go to bed at separate times? No, they, like everybody... Was there a time when they went to bed at separate times? When uh, they were in the same room? See, that's the question, because... You know, there's two years between them and one is four, which is a lot older in terms of their need for sleep than the two-year-old who can't really be going, staying up till half eight, eight, half eight in the evening. So we will still want him to be going to bed a bit earlier, but... We, like, we start bedtime at seven and it finishes like half ten. nine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I guess you, we'll suck it and see, we'll just see how it goes. We haven't decided what to do yet, but we were thinking... Could At you, least six months before they're, they're united together. Could you bring that, that half eight back forward. to eight o'clock and move the seven to eight and have them both at eight o'clock? Uh, and saves an awful lot of hassle. Does yeah. We were having this conversation guys, last night about the baby. He's great going to bed and all, but he's, you know, he enjoys the story and he enjoys the song and he enjoys the. We'll get the young lad into role. that routine. Yeah, yeah, that might work. Plus, he does tend to sleep through a lot of stuff as well. So we have to we have to read a story, read a story, story from your head, story from your head. So, like, everybody has two stories, and it takes about 45 minutes. Oof. If your story's not good, I was just going to ask. There's a critic, there's a, like a rolling critic, and that story's too short and it's been shit tonight. That's a, Those that's characters long. are no good. That's long. I want better characters. <laughs> Bloody hell. I we, want more I, characters. I, my wife, who I have frequently said on this uh, podcast, is an amazing human being and uh, <laughs> a real gift to humanity. Snores hardly during The story stuff never happens. That's, that's, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> According to Adrian Barry. She does disappear up to the sort of bedtime um, routine with uh, the older fella. And uh, like I'm, yeah, 45 minutes an hour later, I'm like, what were you doing? Put the child to bed. Like, if I do it, it's up. We do brush the teeth, which, to be fair, is like him putting the toothbrush in his mouth and running around the uh, landing for five minutes and not actually doing any brushing. Brush the teeth, put the pyjamas on, read Peppa Pig, uh, sing a few songs, and it's bed. That's it. Like, that entire thing is like 10 or 15 minutes. Whereas, <clears throat> like, obviously, from his point of view, he's like, oh, how long can I drag this shit out? Yeah, yeah, like, oh, another book, give me another... No, I it's like more books, more snooze. songs. It's like... Stop listening to him. Like, you're the, like, put him to bed. Was this always the case or just since the new baby arrived? Uh, I know, but that generally would have been the case, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. See, ours have gone to another level now where they don't seem that interested in the story at night. They just want to read books by themselves. Oh, happy days, man. You can so, like, it's... But the problem we have now is, with our oldest lad, is he, he's up half the night reading. Yeah. So we go up at half nine. Because they go, yeah, again, we start at about seven o'clock. They're probably in bed around half seven they get one story that we sort of feel like insisting that we have to read, but they're still looking at their match attacks and Pokemon cards and half You'd have to swipe them from them and... 
the war they weren't because I saw you actually putting a tweet up about books and I, I was following it to see because we had a brilliant routine for about 18 months where our oldest lad was mad into any Roald Dahl book yeah. and actually Charlie the younger lad got into it as well and we'd read them and they'd sit for half an hour and listen and they'd be mad keen to get up and listen to the next yeah. story and once they were done we've never got them into anything else, anything else. Like, even those Captain Underpants, they sort of look at them and go... Everybody's raving about Captain Underpants. Yeah. Uh, that tweet, by the way, was the most response I've got to any tweet. Like, people have a lot of strong views on kids' books. Mm. and um, So I couldn't figure out, I can't decide whether... So at the moment, say, Zach has a book about space, and he's up there reading quizzes to himself. I'm like, is this a good thing? Oh, yeah. You think you're a weirdo? Well, no, get, I don't, it's not necessarily the content, knowing that, but I'm like, uh, well, sh- should we be having, planet, we be having the half an hour where we're all sitting around reading one book that is going to last them uh, through the years, that they'll always remember this, or actually, if they're happier there, lying in bed for uh, an hour, just reading their own book. Could you let them at it? I mean, uh, if you... I presume he's going to progress to... I'd be letting him at it. This is brilliant. Both, yeah. mm. He's a bookworm already, and he's reading himself to sleep. Well, what do you want? Reading himself to sleep, or calling me at ten past nine and going, what club does this guy play for? We made it stupid error of uh, putting nightlights into their lives. Right. Oh, don't it's talk to me. It's a stupid idea. Now, in retrospect, it's like... Why? Because... Can't all, do it now. All of the surveys show that you sleep better in darkness yeah. as opposed to a fake light. But you just turn off the light at some point. Uh, yeah, but they're asleep by then. You're they're asleep, so... Yeah, but Two they're things. going to sleep with the then, light on. Then yeah. they will wake up in the night and go, where's my light? Enough, fair enough, yeah. What did you do? Enough, yeah. there's, there's, uh, it's the end of the world... Some alien came in and switched, like, obviously the whole world stops when they go to sleep and then it starts again when they wake up. That's, uh, and now trying to get them, trying to get it out of them, it's like. Oh, the two lads' bedroom is like a really bad country disco at three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Zach has his, which whenever new batteries go in, a a Lego man light that lights up the entire room. Yeah. Some sort of a spinning globe that puts (laughs) shapes onto the roof. Charlie has a giant green light that he insists bringing under the covers with him. And now Charlie has asked for Christmas for an alarm clock with a light. No. It's like, no, well, is the, the alternative no. is, is to have just the main light on, though, isn't it? Well, like, just the light outside in, on the landing. The landing light, yeah. But if they're, okay, so if they're, but is that, why, why do they want the lights? Because they... Initially, is it for reading or stuff? I think like, they like the thought of having their own thing beside their bed. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. control, it's power. And it is, now they've got over it, but there was a good three months where, obviously when we're going to bed, you go and you switch off all the lights, and then at four in the morning, it's too dark! Yeah. Where's my light? It's like, no. It's very hard to break habits. Yeah. Especially habits have been going on for years. So, like, we, our fellow just goes to bed in the pitch black, there's actually nothing in his room. Right, yeah, don't don't ever yeah. change that. So just leave it. Oh, dark. Jesus, and then right. never, If like, you want to creak in the door, that, let that be the height right. of it. A reassuring. Okay ray of light coming in from the land. Is that something that happens at a certain point in their existence where they go, oh, the darkness is totally fine, and then some point... I don't know, I'd I'd say that's different for everybody. I think it's, like, there are loads of grown-ups who sleep with lights on. Well, I don't like sleeping in the dark. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't like it being pitch black, no. But you're from the country. And we had electricity when I was growing up, Jared. But there's (laughs) actual darkness in the country, like... Now, living in the city, it's never, ever, no. ever dark. So you never get a good night's sleep. You go home. I, like, I was at home in a tie recently. Went to bed and woke up the next morning. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and it's pitch dark. The only, the only light is the light of the moon. 
Um, oh, Pitch Darkness is oh, amazing. You don't like it? No, I wouldn't be keen, no. Why? I don't know. You're afraid of the boogeyman or what's the... Uh, <laughs> Who knows? There's a deep that's psychological that. Whoa, that's why you're talking oh, so about. What's <laughs> <laughs> what I like to have? I've got a right green light that I bring under the covers with me every yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where my son gets it from. It's like, it's from There's a like you're, you're, where, where does my son get the bad Actually, country no. disco lights from? Like, you're in next door, like with a full-on sort of. Would you stop? Lights. Right now, we the only lights we have are the lights in the other bathroom, which is sort of the some light for the two lads if they wake up. How about you, for you? I don't know if that, that, so that also works for me. <laughs> and if that was turned well, off, previously before happy. the kids were born, I'm fairly sure we just. Is that a security thing, or is it a health and safety lights. thing? Or what's your what's your beef with life? Health and safety thing. But but so that, that's the, that's the mistake going. you make. They're, they're, they're going to wake up and they won't know where they are. But like, of course they know where they are. This is their entire world. They know every inch of the like the house because they've literally been crawling around that floor for years. And also years. your eyes get used to it after about ten seconds. As soon as they wake up, yeah. yeah. And they actually have better vision than we do. So, but like, it was this sense that they needed. Um, I don't know. I'm to the most to interested in this is Nathan's reliance on life. That's. I mean, we need a different like if I was in a hotel room, I'd leave the bathroom light on, but like just a little bit. Well, you and because I, I don't like want to wake up and not know where I am. You and I are going to be sharing a bedroom very shortly, there'll and I'm telling you now there'll be no lights on. Well, that also is a bit of a gas. That's quite threatening. <laughs> it, to be fair, when said like that, it uh, it does. It does. <laughs> that was not There'll my intention. No that was not my intention. Well, no, what bed I'm creeping into? <laughs> creeping so being the, uh, the word. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, hospitals, tell us your hospital stories. Well, I can't Oof. speak highly enough for the staff at Temple Street, they were great. Well, it's funny, you were just saying, so many kids. you were saying how your kids are sick at the moment and have oh, temperatures. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, at this time of year, which is worse, high temperatures or vomiting bugs? Oh, vomiting by, by far, because the, like, the high you temperature... See, but the high temperature, there's always a little bit of a fear that it could be something this serious. could escalate mm. quite rapidly. Whereas a vomiting bug, you know, it's probably going to be a short-term thing. The but smell of puke for that leaves. short term, it's absolutely horrific. We uh, we got a new Hoover. There was a vomiting bug. The Hoover was used to clean the vomiting. Oh no! Every time it's used now, brand new Hoover. Every time the Hoover gets switched on, the whole house stinks oh, of like yeah, yeah. now a year old. You Hoovered up the vomit. The, uh, no, it, like so you cleaned it up. I don't. I actually well, it dried in for two days, but I mean, no, like, it, I, yeah, well, then you can just it, scoop it up with a spade. <laughs> Shovel. <laughs> I actually don't know how it happened. Like the, it must have been one of the rooms, two of the rooms of carpet. That's the other thing that I would definitely do. Yeah. Decarpet your house entirely. But oh really? We, we haven't been able oh, to. Oh god. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like we have the carpet on the stairs. Nowhere other room in the house has carpet because it just takes so long for the smell sick to leave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah leather sofa as well as what you. Need. We've got a leather sofa. There is the risk. Yeah. you have to weigh it up. Obviously, there's the back of the head. There's the ah, they smashed their head yeah, off they the smashed ground. Their head anyway. uh, <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, it, it hasn't been that much of an issue so far. Smash, smashing of heads. Yeah, they're going to smash their head off the sides. Of yeah, things. the only thing I'm always worried about is that one would slip down the stairs somehow with all their up and down the stairs at yeah. 100 miles an hour yeah. that they well, take a so misstep. So easy to you though. <laughs> Probably more likely. You know, it's uh, the the edges of tables that when when they reach a certain height that doesn't very little. Do you go around with all the skill? I've bought some of that stuff recently. The went on a bit of a spree there. I bought the old plug socket 
protectors oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, most, most likely not, why not talk to us before you do this yeah, so know, we yeah, can yeah. save you a load of money um, it's all a waste of time and then we've got like maybe three different types of um, like table protectors and little step none corner of, none protectors none of which have an adhesive strong enough for two none of them the do but, but them the, the one that's on the corner that, like a step for example it doesn't make any difference if it's if it's not stuck to it or not because they'll, I mean, they'll only if they fall on it and knock their head off it. Yeah, it's there, so it's fine. The only the only thing that you really that we felt that we really needed was the um, sticky things that keep the drawers that have the knives. Some of them as well. That's yeah, yeah. The, you get them in IKEA for like mm. a fiver. Um, or do they stand up to the? Well, I did, they yeah, they they have stood up to. Just depends on the. They stood up to like everybody up to this one, and like we just put need to put one more on. But he started to play with the knives, so we just need to get our shit together. Now that <laughs> I think of it. You can get knives that children can play with. I mean, it, it does encourage them to play with the knives. No, it gets them used to knives when they graduate to actual knives. Yeah, they, really, all we've done is allow all our good knives to become blunt. It's like you're. We should have actually done a show, and maybe we can do, on the amount of crap you buy when you have a baby. The first time. That you never need. Mm. The, because actually, the papoose. I should have meant for anyone who is going to have a child, we got the greatest invention of all time for this one. So you're probably going to move on to bottles at some stage soon. You want to get this. Yeah. You want to get this. It's a little, it's, I say a little. I had a look, I thought it cost 40 quid. I think it cost about 130 quid, but it's worth every penny. It's almost like an espresso for bottles. Yeah, I've seen this, yeah. And it puts the bottle at the exact mm. temperature. All oh, right. So you don't have so to sort of prick it yeah, around with... You just hit a button. You fill it with water. Hit so the button. The powder's already in there. Yeah. Boom. You, well, you put the powder in. Yeah, you put it in. Yeah, so it, it, it has a little um, spinny thing. So if you want four ounces, five ounces, six ounces, seven ounces, first of all, it puts in the boiling water, a couple of ounces of that. Then you put in your seven ounces of powder. Yeah. And then it pours it mm. exactly to the right amount. And it's at the perfect temperature. So you don't need to worry about three in the morning trying to cool down a bottle. Yeah. It's the greatest we 130 quid we have ever spent. I've forgotten all about that. <laughs> I've forgotten completely as well because of this thing. Completely, it's changed my life. Completely blanked that whole section of the... Breastfeeding yeah. really is... Did I put in six or did I put in seven? No, Actually, not third, but that's the funny thing. <laughs> by the third one, <laughs> by the third one, I couldn't give a damn. No, With the first one, it was measured. I'm like, was that half? Was it? Oh, yeah. no. Did I put in six or did I put in seven? How many fucking times <laughs> did I ask myself that question? <laughs> <laughs> I have. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I have, I have people who are in our uh, our family circle. Uh, I'm not going to uh, uh, name any names, but uh, first child got warm bottles. Second, <laughs> second child got occasional warm bottles. Third child, all cold, all the time. I never knew any difference. Ice cold. Yeah. Never knew any difference. It was never warmed. It was like, okay, we're just going to try this. And if like, I mean, that's also the the bit where you care too much about yeah. everything being perfect. It's like, yeah, take the bottle. Oh, as if like an extra ounce was going to make a difference. The knife, yeah. like, like get the knife out to sort of. There's a little thing that you on yeah. the lid, yeah, that you sort of scrape oh, it off. The lip so inside it, yeah. It's got the full works. What's what do you think that was? What lip? The lip on the inside of the power powder box. Yeah. What do you mean the lip? So, so you've got the box. There's, yeah. you'll see, there's a, a little serrated edge just underneath the lip of the ah, top of the box. Been through this with one child, and I have not noticed this at all. <laughs> so what were you doing? You were using the knife, yeah. like a fella pour, well, pouring see, a pint of Guinness. Knife yeah. is adding <laughs> to the risk because where's yeah. the knife been? The knife could be contaminated. Yeah, I mean, oh, with the first enough. child, I do remember <laughs> it was literally that there was yeah. some sort of 
that these it was a highly scientific process that if somehow you got the mixture wrong, oh. it was automatic poisoning, <laughs> probably near death. Start again. Yeah. And the the um, microwavable um, fertilizer. Fertilizer. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah we got one of them. Not a pain in the hole. Yeah, that's fine. But it can oh, do it, like three, just four about fit time. in the microwave, oh, I know, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. our microwave is up high, so you yeah. kind of have to like. And then when you're taking it out, it's full of water, and it's like boiling water. You're like risking. Pouring on yourself quite a lot, especially. and also when you ever, whenever you go away for the night, it's like they it never takes up half the boot. They never did die when you forgot to sterilize the bottle, or you put in six scoops or eight scoops. It's never happened, sort of. obviously, but like <laughs> happened a bit more than maybe. Anyway, get yourself one of these if you're. That's fantastic. I'd yeah. give you ours, only the engine burnt out. <laughs> Overuse. Yeah. <laughs> They're just smart in that. They give you six months, nine months, and then they make sure you don't hand it on to anybody. Well, ours was secondhand as well. Our neighbour gave it to us, so it had seen better days. The espresso maker. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that yeah. sounds, doesn't look good. Um, <clears throat> I think definitely the uh, you get to a point where the temperature is bad and it makes them narky but you know you can fix it it's going to be fine as it goes along but um, child one whenever the temperature would hit 40 we'd be like straight in the car doing her up making sure she's fine put her in the baby seat drive to the hospital and they're looking at us going that's your first child isn't it <laughs> here's some here's some you have a cop ball yeah well we'll just see if that has any effect here's some ibuprofen try that temperature goes down like oh you, you can go if you want I mean you can wait and see the doctor if you feel like you really need to we're like, okay, fair enough, sorry about that. Uh, now You're still like, back in the next time, though, weren't you? Oh, yeah, but next, ne- like, uh, no child after that ever went to hospital for a temperature because it was like, oh, ibuprofen's a thing. Yeah. And also the free GP pre-2. Six. 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 Six, yeah. Six. Holy shit, happy days. <laughs> 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 but to be fair, like, we creamed it for the first year. It was like, oh, something wrong, pack up the car, let's go. <laughs> And the GP was like, are these wankers again? <laughs> like, literally, you know. No, they're delighted to see you. They get 12. Yeah, probably, yeah. They get 36. Oh, happy days. They, right. are the, they are money makers for the GPs because they're only in for five, you're only in for five minutes. That works for yeah. everybody. You're never there for like, oh yeah, he's got a throat infection, here's an antibiotic, mm. or give him some calpol, you're gone five minutes later, not a bother. It's the best way to do it. We would have been uh, in hospital most for um, getting a nebulizer. Like everybody has bad chests. Again, one of the reasons Same to us. get the carpets out. We never did it. Should have done it. Didn't do it. Stupid. And then eventually, one of them, the GP, was like, "Now, this is obviously not medical advice, everybody, but uh, uh, a person told us who was qualified said, look, if it's ever an emergency, ten puffs of the blue is basically the same impact as a nebulizer.' And it worked. The one time really? we had to try it. Yeah, it was like, "Oh, because the nebulizer is hell." Especially when they're a certain age. It's oh. like this giant machine that makes a rattling noise and well, it, you're like... I think I mentioned before... Straight we jacketing the child yeah. as they're... Charlie, seven months old, Christmas. Like Christmas Eve, Christmas night, we're in there with them on the nebulizer and Debbie just felt she couldn't do it. Like she couldn't sit there and hold them down like that. Whereas I was like, just give me him here. All strength on. Pin him. Let me go. And you can hear their throat the whole way there. Yeah. <laughs> just bubbling up. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. That's yeah. nasty stuff. What are you taking the nebulizer for? What's the? Because they can't cough Asthma. up the phlegm Asthma, yeah. a lot of the time, so it loosens everything. Right. Yeah, it's a form of asthma. But very limited uh, trips to the hospital. But I was there on Monday. We went into. He's Khan's got a bunch of allergies or intolerances. We were not 100 percent sure. You handed them on to him, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we should have done this. To be fair, about a year and a half ago, we only got around to it on Monday, and. Um, it's yeah, scheduled. It's a scheduled to be no, it's like it's a walk-in service, oh, okay. so you can go in and get a blood test, and uh, you take your butcher's ticket and sort of sit down, and um, 
it's kind of hilarious, like it, human interactions of people with, particularly with lots of kids who are kind of hell bent on getting the hell out of there and not having to hang around for too long, and what lengths they'll go to to jump the fucking queue. Like, and <laughs> I'm sitting there going, if uh, 53 isn't called into this fucking door next, and you, who I know is 54, <laughs> like, called in, I, I'm, I don't care. I'm ear hanging you. off. I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was great, and he was a proper little trooper. Went in, got the all injection. Got distracted by uh, George Pig up in the bin, and he was grand all the way through the injection. Then got a little, you know, the sort of lump of cotton mull and the plaster yeah. on it, and then went around with a limp hand for the rest of the day, <laughs> like sort of making sure that everybody knew that <laughs> he'd had uh, massive trauma. The worst we had was a lost tooth, where I came home one day and Charlie had been going 100 miles an hour. I think much like your youngest lad is the one who gets in everything. Mm -hmm. So we're in a little cul-de-sac. It's sort of a nice little bit of a downhill segment on a scooter, 100 miles an hour. Somebody had left a shoe in the middle of the footpath, straight over the top, landed down in his face. Uh, and at first we're kind of like, oh, I wasn't at home at the time, but the neighbour brought him in and was like, suit looks a bit loose. Uh, tooth comes straight out. My cousin is a uh, paediatric dentist, and we were kind of going, look, the tooth's out, it's fine. She's like, she's down in Cork. Bring him down straight away. So, yeah, about a year later, it's literally a year later, there's a little bit of it, there was a little bit stuck in there. Right. Has to, because they don't want to take it out, but also at the same time, they can't let it get infected because it'll... Kill the next one. The next one. Oh. Had to go undergo full anaesthetic then to get the... Oh, God. Fully removed. Nasty. Wow. So there was just a, the original tooth, a little bit of it stuck in there. Yeah, a, good, a, a, good, a good bit of it. But it had gone, they left it in for a year. And it so was then you were there brown. initially? Did they? When you went yeah. down? You were saying you went down to have it looked at straight away? Yeah. And they knew there was a bit of tooth in there then? No, you could see the tooth. There was a good, Why didn't they was take a it good out? chunk. Because they wanted to leave it there so that the shape, I presume it's that the shape of the mouth stays the same. And also, yeah. the other one's not ready to come down yet? Yeah. Right. So, like, what so happens if you... It wasn't, in, it wasn't infected, so it wasn't doing any damage having it there, so she would check it every three months then to make sure that... Did you ever see the x-ray of the child, the, or the skull of a child, was it? Where the, you can see the... the oh, oh, yeah, where they are. Oh, the ones lined up, yeah. getting ready to come yeah. down. Yeah, so right, if, yeah. They, if they're not ready to come down, yeah. that gets trapped up there, then and that mm. can be a bit of a nightmare. You have to go all the way up and pull that out. Stop! How more accidents don't happen with scooters? <clears throat> oh, my God. Because mm. they're very skilled. I, I, I know that. They know what they're doing, unlike us. At some they, point, I want to go on. No, I was going to say, they in, in our sort of cul-de-sac, which is a nice little circle during the summer, they decided there's about ten kids between the age of five and eight decided to have start having races between their bikes and their uh -oh. scooters. <coughs> and uh, again, Charlie's very proud of him that he was, would win a lot of these races due to his sheer speed on his scooter. But you're watching them. It was like they were going. They were doing heats, so they were doing five at a time around these little bends. So we're all standing there watching. Oh, this isn't going to end well. Sure enough, boom! Two of them on the bikes, all smash into each other, and that eerie silence of nobody's crying here. <laughs> nobody's yeah. crying here. They were all fine in the end. It was okay. Though. So they were heats and everything. That's in, it's heats and everything. Speaks no a lot no to their organisational skills at that age. No helmets. Um, at some point, I want to talk about the uh, crash versus stay-at-home guilt. And actually, how both make you feel incredibly. Guilt is the thing that I'm finding as a parent. I just never leaves you every day for some other reason. There's a reason to feel bad. Um, but the having them at home and feeling, guilt, feeling guilty about their lack of social interaction with other kids, or sending them to crash and feeling guilty about exporting them <laughs> off for the day. Um, at some point or another, I'd be interested in your uh, well, there's, expertise. This has the got area. nothing to do with your kids. 
This is all on you. No, totally. But well, it <laughs> is the problem. Uh, it is. I I kind of think because he's at home at the minute, the older lad, that crash is probably the thing for. Of course, him. it is. Yeah. Like, so he gets to play with kids his age, yeah. m several of them, every day for hours instead of sitting at home looking at your ugly mother. What age is he? He's two in January. But he's going to be on a crash in September. Oh, Montessori. What, like the free job? Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't be feeling guilty about, as I put it before. September. Subcontracting the rearing of your children yeah, to another. Yeah, but they screw you. No, I, I'm they, they, they work back from the year you're going in, and they give you like they, we're getting screwed. We're not getting two full years. We're getting like yeah, not a will we? We're going to lose four months. We're losing a good bit, I think. Uh, what, what, when was he born? No, he's going in. He'll be going in in September, but he was only born in November, so it's only January that it kicks in. Yeah, so uh, he was born in March, and I think doesn't get into the following January. All right, you really are being screwed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. They, and it's like a, it's like a just box ticking thing. That they're like, I presume they got in for the two full years before. No, they, they do not. They do not. You want to look into that. Mm. Um, and uh, getting your place in the place that you want them to go is also mm. unbelievably mm. tricky. Yeah. Um, and then it'll be well, that that bit's free, but um, the mother does free shit. Woe betide you if you uh, drop them in five minutes early. <laughs> woe betide you. <laughs> If you drop them in five minutes early. Really? What's the name of this place, Jer? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, don't drop them in five minutes early, but you make sure there's uh, enough to pay them on bank holidays when they're not working. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we love our place. They're amazing. They actually are amazing. But um, that's just the way. The, <laughs> it's just the way the system works. Yeah, I mean, you go into it open-eyed. You know exactly what the crack is. Well, no, you don't. You find out as it goes along. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's how it works. Soon yeah. into the system, you. You, oh, your eyes are opened. They are, yeah. And at that stage, the uh, the crash is that good that your kids love going there, yeah. and there's zero you can do about it. No, that's true. Just be thankful that they love being there, and they're not like crying on the way down the driveway. Everywhere. Oh yeah, like um, so the sick one today, one of the three. It's uh, school play day today, and she woke up and went, "I want to go to school." The temperature forty. We're like, "You're not going to school." And then I want to go. And so then it's like, "Okay, you are going to school mm. if you get well. We'll just have to see if you get well." So. Uh, that bit where you lie to them, and hopefully it'll be somebody else's responsibility to break the news a little bit later on. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to be there for the bit where it's like, you're definitely not going now, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you wanted, one last thing you wanted to talk about was, uh, it says people on the, on the WhatsApp, <laughs> people <laughs> who don't have buggies or wheelchairs who use lifts instead of escalators. I used a bad word about these people. I was in a fit of fury when I sent that text. Um... Uh, why are you looking at me quizzically for? It seems a little bit unreasonable. So you're in a shopping centre. Yes, and you're in Dundrum. Yeah. <laughs> like, particularly busy shopping centres at the minute. Obviously, there's a lot of people milling around. Um, there's a fairly healthy service of escalators in said shopping centre, I'm assuming most shopping centres. And the elevators, in fact, it says on the fucking elevator door, don't use the elevator if... Uh, give priority to people in uh, wheelchairs or with push chairs. But yet you get dickheads all the time jamming up the escalators, the elevators, who can easily, who are just fine. They've got a bag or two. Go and use the escalator. What it drives me people? crazy. Full range. There's no typical, in my experience, typical person who does this. If you're trying to suggest that it's an OAP. No, it says people in their 20s. It's, it's, it's... Millennials. Everybody. Use... Like, unfortunately, we're talking to the wrong audience here because, obviously, most people who are listening to this podcast have kids and are legitimized as such to use the, uh, in my opinion... Uh, Can I ask this question? What about you're at Dundrum, 
where, again, there is no real excuse because there's escalators beside every... Everywhere. ...beside every elevator. Why so can't you... Uh, sorry, it's an escalator sorry, with steps as opposed to um, a travelator. I've got there's you. Travel, there, there, there's a mixture of both. So why can't you just use the travelator then? Because I might, for example, have... I want to use the fucking elevator because <laughs> <laughs> there are holes in this story. Oh, no, because no, there's not. Oh, because if you're in the middle, sorry, if if you're in the middle of Dundrum to use the escalator that doesn't have steps, you have to go all the way down the other end, and it's this long maze up and down. It takes you forever. Yeah. But also, I've got like one. I'm holding on to one child. I've got another child in the buggy. I might have a shopping trolley. That, we had all of those things that day that I sent that text, and yet there was several people jumping like. I, at one point I was like, I know you're ahead of me, but if those people go into that elevator, I'm going in to tell them to get out. There's literally like an escalator just just there. Just walk over to the escalator. <laughs> like they also, these two people, particular people that I was referring to in that text, stood at the elevator for, I'd say, because they're very slow in that particular shopping centre, I'd say about four minutes waiting for the elevator to arrive Knowing when there was that an escalator there. just there. You lazy, lazy bastards. What was your question? They were about 30. My question was, say you have a situation where you're there with your wife and the buggy. Are you also getting in the escalator with your wife and the child? Of course I am. In the elevator? Yes. Because, why, what, what? You're taking up a body of space that's yeah. not required. No, that's, you're totally entitled to not be separated from your family by getting into the elevator. For that's totally 40 legit. seconds. No, that's totally legit. Mm. I don't know. Like, come off. I have, like, I, have, I have often made a point of standing at that elevator waiting and I would say... Not much space. I just I'll meet you up there. Well, I mean, you are the uber gentleman. No, I just get a couple of minutes break from the kids. Exactly. (laughs) I got Um, a mum around. (laughs) But I mean, are you legitimized to say to these people who are who could just as easily take take the escalator and alleviate the pressure on the uh, elevators for people who? It's not the same level as parking in a child's car. I actually can't say everybody cannot say to people because what you what you get is your man whips off his fake leg and goes, "I'm sorry that I didn't." Starts beating over the head with it. I mean, I think if that was to happen every time, you'd be a very bad look. But it says on the door, "Give priority to." Yeah. So on that people basis, don't care. people don't read signs. I don't know what I do is I get into the lift and I go and I'll make some sort of a wing will be on one side and I'll be on the other and I'll be like, oh, it's not busy elevator, not much room in here for people pushing things. This like, might be our last show before Christmas, right? Oh. It might be. It may be. Because if we record one next week, then it would actually go out on Christmas Day. We could do oh, it. Well, here, listen. I would say fathers out there, if we were to say we're putting this up at eight o'clock on Christmas night, they could make an appointment. <laughs> Well, let's not write it off just yet. Okay, fair enough. If this is our last show before Christmas, uh, have a happy Christmas, everybody. And if it isn't, we'll see you next week. Is that fair enough? That sounds fine, yeah. Yeah, not a bad show. I'd say, you know, a good solid six and a half, seven out of ten. Yeah, severed ear lobe and all. There you go, there you go. That, that, <laughs> that gets us an extra star. Uh, leave a comment wherever you get this. Um, tweet us. Uh, you can follow us uh, at DadcastPod on Twitter. You can also just use the hashtag DadCast. Uh, that's Adrian pointing at... Uh, trying to pick Nathan's nose in a, in a harbinger of what's uh, going to happen in, the, in that room with the lights off. In the darkness. <laughs> wow. See you next week. Good luck. <laughs>